0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host Giovanna Poza and I'm really excited to be here today with a woman that I admire and I proudly can call friend, Monique Debose. She is an LA native, an award-winning multi-talented playwright and jazz r and b pop singer, songwriter who has toured and entertained audiences throughout Europe, India, and Asia. Her third album, The Sovereign One, is scheduled for release this fall. A leading vocal improvisationalist, she has studied with some top names, and Monique now leads an international community of over 500 vocal artists throughout the U.S. and Europe. Inspired by her experience of what it means to be half African American and half Irish American, she wrote the funny, heartwarming, and disruptive one-woman show called Mulatto Math, summing up the race equation in America. She tours around the country, performing the show and facilitating workshops on identity, race, and belonging. Monique facilitates experiential workshops as well as individual coaching for people ready to live a fully expressed life. Monique's here today to talk more about that with us and the importance of not sticking to belonging, but rather realizing yourself as the whole in the whole. And we dive into that topic and much more on this show. I really hope that you're as inspired by Monique as I am, and that this show drops a little seed of inspiration in your life for where maybe you're still trudging along on the status quo, as it were, and where maybe there's an opportunity for you to live a more fully expressed life, Monique has, holds many talents, as I mentioned. She also has a master's degree in spiritual psychology and a bachelor of arts in mathematics from UC Berkeley. She is going to inspire you. I know that for sure. So welcome to the show and let's get started. Hey, Monique, welcome to She Rises. I am so excited to finally have you on my show. Thank you, Giovanna. I'm really happy to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited. And of course, we're both giggling because we tried to make this happen for a while. And then as always, when things happen sort of last minute and there's not this prolonged plan,
1: it's just they fall into place. So yeah, happy you're here. Thank you. I really believe in that too. I do believe that things happen in their perfect timing. So thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's like I always think, like when you try and make plans with your friends, like a month in advance, or even a couple months or weeks in advance, it doesn't happen. But when it's just a last minute, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" It's like, "Okay, cool," and and it works out. Yeah, so happy you're here. Um, The way we start most of our shows, really, is diving into this, you know, whole theory of everyone has a story, and my belief is that everybody's story can impact someone, at least on some level, because we all see each other in our stories. So I would love if you could share a little bit of your story with us today.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I would love to. And that hasn't always been the case, which is really telling of my story. I grew up the middle child of an African-American father and an Irish-American mother in Los Angeles in the 80s. I was somebody who was always aware of other people around me and also very insular, very quiet. I observed people. I was also somebody who was really terrified of people and terrified of being seen. So um, it's really hilarious. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old now, and my six-year-old reminds me so much of me as a child because we were walking down the street and there was uh, live music happening, and I started shaking my butt, and he was like, Mom, stop. (laughs) And I just, it took me back to when I was a child, just really not wanting to have attention drawn to me. So, you know, I was a, you know, I kept my head under, uh, you know, just stayed under the radar. And as I grew up, I felt myself being resentful and angry and frustrated that no one was seeing me. (laughs) So for whatever the reasons that's, what I started as. And then as I continued to grow, I really had this like voice inside that wanted to be expressed and wanted to be seen and wanted to be out in the world. And I didn't know how to do that. So I just lived in a world of frustration and upset and disappointment. And well, how come they get it and I don't? But really knowing why that was happening because I wasn't showing up. So that's the crux. I you know I grew up in a house of love and just you know good parents and great sisters, but also just had that whole thing running the whole time.
0: And that resonates with me, and I'm sure with a lot of people listening so deeply. And in fact, in full transparency, like literally, I've been I've been working with a a hypnotherapist lately, and. This actual very theme came up this morning in my session. So this is actually perfect. And it's what's interesting to me is that we have this push-pull of like, I don't want you to see me because for whatever reason, there's safety in that. But then there's this other side of like, I want to be seen, right? And this is this sort of battle back and forth. And the thing that amazes me so much about you and why I've sort of been drawn to your story and who you be in the world is that with this going on, you became this amazing, accomplished jazz singer who is not only needs to be seen, right, but is seen. Yeah. And you stepped so fully into that. And now you have this beautiful one woman show, which I hope we get into and you tell us about, where you are seen radically and not just, you know, So I joked with you yesterday a little bit before we uh, arranged the interview. It's like, the show's not about like, you know, you know, pretzels, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hot button issue and it's personal. So how did you, you know, what do you kind of accredit that to, or credit that to rather that you went from this, like, don't see me, don't see me to this, like, here I am on stage and I'm, I'm expressed and, and fully expressed. What happened in between?
1: (laughs) Yes. No, that's very important. Uh, I think, when I reflect on it, there's two layers to it. So the first layer was I am so unhappy and unfulfilled in my day-to-day experience. Like, I mean, I, I was doing fine. I had graduated from college and uh, was working at a pharmaceutical company. Go figure. I mean, I have a degree in math from Berkeley, so that is, it's not that far leap. But... <laughs> But after the first week, I, I was like, oh hell no, no, this is not my life. I cannot do this. I think I had just been going along with life, knowing that I there was something that was really unfulfilled, but it wasn't painful enough. And I think when I took that job and I just looked at people around me and I saw people in careers, you know, who, you know, loved being there and doing their work. That was their passion. But I saw people who were 50, 60 years old in this company. They'd been there for years and years, decades. I was like, oh no, this cannot be my life. So (laughs) that uh that, like moment of this is going to be too painful. Like I saw how I saw the road for me. And again, I'm not saying that's not the way to go because for some people it is. So that was the first thing. And so that gave me a little bit of fire under my butt to say, Monique, you don't want to do this for the rest of your life. So what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I I want to be a singer. And so I just started making myself go to open mics. And I went to open mics in Philly and sat watching for many, many weeks before I had the courage to actually say, hey, I would like to actually get up and sing too. So it was, you know, baby steps around that. But as I did it, you know, that part of me that was so hungry for that creative piece in me and, that, and needed to be seen and expressed, it was being fed. So that like being fed gave me more and more courage with each little action I took, I was nourished. So that just, you know, built upon itself. So that's one level. And then the second level was I was given the diagnosis probably uh, almost a little over a year and a half now of something called the a desmoid tumor, in my abdominal wall. So it's a fibrous tumor and it, you know, over time will continue to grow and grow and, you know, cause some bad things to happen to your body. And so at that point, I just, I had to, it was like a, a, I've heard some people say, this is not my faith, but I've heard people, you know, coming to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. where, where I just was at this point where I was like, Monique, you have this thing going on. And and instead of doing what Western medicine doctors advise and loving family members advise, I knew there was something deeper inside that needed to be addressed. So people were saying, you know, go have it, you know, have surgery and have it cut out right away. Go have, you know, take pharmaceutical drugs for the rest of your life. And I was like, I cannot do that because there's something that I need to learn from this. So I started actually having conversations with the tumor. And what it told me was you are not sharing your gifts in the world. You are holding so much back and it's literally killing you. You have no, it has no place to go. So this is where it's going. It's coming into and growing me, this tumor. So from that point, it was like, get over yourself, be willing to look, you know, be embarrassed, be willing to be seen in a way that doesn't feel great all the time. And I've just gone, like I said, ovaries to the wall with it, where I, (laughs) I wrote this one woman show. Mulatto math, summing up the race equation in America, because race and identity has always been a big thing for me, and I wanted to address it full on. And so I used original music that I wrote to create that show, and did characters from my life, and it's been a beautiful unfolding. And then I also wrote a whole album of music, so which will be released in September. I just I cannot not express like my life literally and figuratively depends on it at this point. And I have two small children that I actually want to see grow up. So the universe was like, look, let's go. And this, if you can't do it on your own, here you go. So I've said thank you to the tumor multiple times. Wow.
0: I mean, and so I'm, I'm, of course, I'm listening to this with my ears and my filter. And, you know, my experiences have been different, but the heart of it has been the same. You know, this yearning to be fully expressed, this yearning to... To not, you know, and it's, I'm writing a whole book about this now, right? It's not, you know, just toe the line, toe the family line and, and do the, you know, like, well, get a, you know, I, I always have the thing, you know, get a real job. You know, it's always that right. thing in your head, right? But actually to stand in, if, if I stay in status quo, if I do what I think society, family, culture, tradition, whatever expects of me, I'm going to die. And then to actually have it presented to you, literally, like, I mean, it, it might not have been like tomorrow death imminent, but it's, you know, there's an illness there. There's a dis-ease. Yeah. And to put those two together, and I love that you brought this into the conversation because I want everyone listening that this is not just Monique's story, right? This, this happens. We are, we are often, not everybody, but we are often living lives of quiet dissatisfaction Mm. Which is a tiny death to the soul every day, and if we don't notice it, our bodies will tell us, right? Our
1: lives will yeah. tell us somehow, right? Yeah, and I'm not saying, oh, yeah, if you're not following your dreams, you're going to get a desmoid tumor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but you, but it might be something else. It might just be, like you said, just being unsatisfied every day,
1: right? You know? absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, I just, I also want to share with listeners that. It is still a challenge for me every day because there's just that peace. And I don't know if my soul came into the world with, you know, fear or uh, that living on the, you know, that fine line of being seen or not being seen. Regardless, mm-hmm. with all these things that have happened and all the progress and amazing work that has been birthed from me, I still struggle with it. You know, I invited a group of women who I'm getting to know to the show and they all came and they were so excited to see it and to support me. And the show, you know, goes to some really powerfully intimate, vulnerable places. And, you know, I I, I liken it to I have been reborn and I have brand new, you know, I'm growing new skin. So, you know, when you have like a sunburn or, you know, you have a big scar or scab that's come off, you know, it's very Very painful at times if people touch it. And so that I've likened it to it feels many times like I'm just out with no skin. I'm out in the world. So just raw and exposed. Raw and exposed. (laughs) And yet I'm still taking steps forward because I have to. Like I do not want to leave this earth, Giovanna, feeling like. I didn't do what I was here to do, and there are many things in my consciousness that I'm aware I still haven't done, and I don't want to say accomplished, but like haven't they haven't manifested yet. But I know they're part of this life's path. So I'm just like, you can do it, big girl. Put on your big girl pants. You can do it. I'm um I'm so I have so
0: many things that came into my mind as you were talking there, but like one of the chief things is you know, that we will sometimes have the impression of another that they have somehow made it, that they've somehow conquered this demon, that they've somehow, like, they, they've got it. And I, I put myself in those shoes because when I met you almost three years ago now, I very much did see you as this fully, fully expressed woman. So then to, you know, get to know you better and then really develop more intimacy that way and to hear you share, but then also even share now the journey like, wow, like there's always these layers to go. So even the people that are listening, even if you think you've gotten somewhere, maybe there's a level deeper. Like maybe there's a level of fulfillment even deeper than what you have. So I'm, I'm really, I'm sort of examining like what my perception of you was first. And then you feeling like, hang on a minute. Like I remember even there was a conversation once where I was feeling this pull and, and sadness around lack of self-expression. And, and you had said, I forgot what you had said, but it was something to the equivalent of like me too, where that resonates. And I remember looking at you going, what? <laughs> like, really? It does? But like, you're this like award-winning jazz singer. And like, what? What do you mean? You know, it almost didn't compute. And I, so I'm really happy that you brought that in there because, I mean, first of all, we never know the experience of another person. <laughs> and, yeah. and second of all, there's layers to it and
1: depth to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, And that's really important. And that actually, I'm so glad you shared that too, because I just live so much in my own world mm-hmm. that I forget what people can see on the outside. So oftentimes I've been walking around, that's that's something that, that's a muscle I'm developing as well, where it's like, really take a moment and honor and acknowledge myself for what I have created and what I have accomplished. So I really offer that to your listeners as well, because I think a lot of us you know, only see what we still have to do right. versus what we've done. So yeah. I really appreciate hearing that as well. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Not getting better at that for sure. Mm, yeah. That's a good point too.
0: I wanted to touch on the other thing that came up for me listening to you speak and it's, it's very much what now having seen your show twice and what looks like it's going to be a third time because I think I'm coming to New York. Um, <laughs> love
1: it. I'm just love becoming it. a
0: groupie. It's a little, it's a little weird now. <laughs> just <laughs> to embrace it. it. Embrace it. Right? I'm a roadie now.
1: <laughs> I'm just
0: going to be a math roadie. Um, I love it. So, you know, for me, one of the things I heard you say in all of that, which it feels like this core element of humanity. And one of the things I got from your show, which was this deep desire for belonging mm-hmm. and having a place, and I'm getting oh, I'm getting goosebumps even as I talk about that and say that because there's something very primal and tribal about that. Yeah, that I think is in all of us, and this pull to wanting to grow, like you said, spread your wings, right, and be the bigger version of you, and then this kind of tie to identity or belonging. And I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit.
1: Yes. And I'm at a whole new place now too, which has been tapping on my shoulder for years. But cool. uh, this, This idea of belonging and finding your place, finding my place, has really run a lot of my experience. So much to the point where I feel like it has been a detriment because I was so focused on that. I feel like spirit, the universe was saying, hey here's something for you. And I was like, no, no, can't do that. I got to fit in here. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's really funny because oftentimes I find myself, or in the past, I had found myself walking away from situations feeling like, yeah, but they didn't invite me or yeah, but I'm not really in that inner circle. Yeah, but this or that, like I could just find a way to find that I did not belong or was not a part of. And I laugh at it now because I realize all throughout that process, the universe has been saying to me, "Sweetheart, you have so much more that you are here to do and be. You don't need to spend your time trying to fit into something that um, that will not support your full being, you." But there is this thing, and it's a very natural human thing to want to belong. Like you're saying, it's very tribal. It's first chakra stuff. You know, it's like the root chakra of belonging and survival. And what's so interesting about my experience, at least to me, is that I came from, like I said earlier, you know, an African-American dad who came from segregated North Carolina and this Irish-American mother who came from upstate New York and then you know her family moved to Southern California. So I did not belong to either one of those families in the way that I thought I needed to belong because I wasn't fully Irish American or I wasn't fully African American and so I was always walking the line of trying to figure out how to be just enough of myself that I fit in and I would just negate all the rest of myself so that I could have this sense of belonging to the tribe whatever the tribe was in the moment <laughs> right yeah so I became a very good chameleon and I don't regret it for one moment because I it's given me this, one of my superpowers, which is really this power of being observant and this power of seeing things and paying attention to things that most people won't even put their awareness or attention on. So I have, I realized it's like given me access to people on a much deeper level than, um, than I would have had I'm imagining otherwise. So I've gotten the gifts from this desire of needing to belong and needing to find my place. But this, Needing to be the bigger version, the better version, the more authentic version of myself has now trumped all of that because I don't belong. I, I really don't belong in that definition of belonging. And it's too small for me. And I'm imagining for a lot of listeners, you know, people have been trying to fit into like whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And if you just take a moment to really check in with yourself, are you not belonging there? Because it, Isn't the place for you truly like for your soul and your life's purpose and your work. So something to consider
0: Yeah, you just really made me see something actually that in so my upbringing, you know, my parents were literally from the same town It was really homogenous in that way. And so I didn't have that deviation like you were describing of like this Mm -hmm. side or that side And so I couldn't make that distinction, but actually in hearing you say this again and and speak to this again, what I got was that there really is no belonging or not belonging because those two sides created a whole other whole that is unto itself. Yes. And it's made up of the two parts, but it's a whole unto itself. And I'm getting goosebumps and almost choked up saying that because with my sort of like i said homogenous kind of sides i didn't really make that distinction. Yeah. It's almost like i just homogenized right into it, right? Mm-hmm. But with seeing you articulate it that way with your experience and kind of like draw it out for me i could see it as you were saying it i could see the that whole thing and again having seen your show which i keep referencing and for those of you listening we are going to have a link in the show notes because you right. have to go and see this show. But it just had me see that a whole other perspective that the two the two sides, whatever they are, always create a brand new whole and it's whole unto itself. And that's beautiful.
1: Absolutely. I call it um, bridge culture. I literally feel like, and and it doesn't have to be mixed, you know, racially, or it can be, you know, I come from wealth and and poverty, or I come from, you know, really feeling joyous about life versus really being scared of life, you know, whatever it is. But I call it bridge culture because it's about this whole new thing. And what it does is it literally creates a bridge for both sides to meet each other. It's amazing.
0: Mm, it really is. And it's no longer, and like you said, whatever the sides are, whatever the the polarities are, let's say it that way, Yeah. it's a matter of just seeing that the two polarities can come together to create a whole other whole that isn't of one or the other. It's it's like I said, it's unto itself, which I like I said, I didn't it's just you just gave me that whole new insight in that. I love that. It's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about how you've now really you've taken all of your life's experience and your studies, because you're also a graduate of the University of Santa Monica and have a master's in uh, spiritual psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, that your your life experience and all of these, you've you've now created something to really help other people, you know, excavate this, sort of do the archaeology and 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 get their fully expressed selves out into the world. And I wonder if you could tell us about that a little bit.
1: I would love to. And I just felt my body get like, yes, because (laughs) this is this is where my heart is presently. I just know what, I mean, what it feels like to feel like you have so much more to say and be and give and do in the world, but you don't know how to get past your stuff or you may actually be the one that's actually like keeping your own voice quiet. So what I do is I bring together groups of women, like really consciously curated groups of women um, and very intimate, small, like 11 women to spend a weekend with me actually in my sacred space here in my home. And what I'm doing is really creating a space, and a very experiential weekend for people to get to the place where they can live a fully expressed, clear, and unapologetic life. And so what I do is that I also... Um, coach people one-on-one, and then also use all the gifts of music as well to really help people get to a place of deep and full expression. So I'm really excited about that work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about it too. And for those of you listening that are curious, we will have the link also in the show notes, but if you're not driving right now and you can write this down, it's moniquedebosecom forward slash creation to find out more details there. Um, Yeah. I I just, I mean, every time I hear you talk about this and even going through the page and we talked yesterday too, I was like, God, I wish I was still in Southern California because I'd really (laughs) want to do this. And I mean, I'd fly out to do it. it just didn't work out with the dates, but I've had the experience of you using all of your gifts and, and talents with me, like in a, in a private coaching session where you've helped me use my voice. What is one of the things that, you know, for, for people that are listening right now that you could sort of give them as even like a, a takeaway, like a home exercise that they can do or something that might allow this bigger voice, let's say,
1: to, to emerge in them? Beautiful. Well, what came immediately was um, just a simple, small exercise. Put your feet out in nature somewhere. So literally, if you have a patch of grass in your backyard, take your shoes off, put your feet on the ground. Make that connection. Take some deep breaths. That to me could be the end of one exercise. But if you want to go further um, from that place, you can literally complete the sentence, who I am in the world and just whatever comes out, you can express it with your voice or write it down, whatever works better for you, but who I am in the world and let yourself answer that and complete that sentence 20 times.
0: Mm. And for
1: those of you who feel like that might be too much, let yourself answer that 10 times but who i am in the world because what that will do it will it will activate all the parts inside that are like oh you're calling us out great let me wake up and let me express it so just you having that intimate time with yourself will allow you to see what it is and who you really be in the world and to me that that is one beautiful little nugget to take away
0: yeah that is beautiful and having done something similar to that it's, again, I, I always see the metaphor of like archaeology with the little, like the little nail and the little broom and, or the, the hammer and the broom kind of taking away all the debris. Because initially what comes out is maybe what might be the superficial. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a wife or I'm a mother or I'm a stockbroker or whatever it is, right? And then the more you keep asking that question, the deeper things start to emerge in that. Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. I wanted to also touch on the the value of community and sisterhood in doing this work because, you know, I've had a realization, well, something you said in that was taking the time for yourself. And I had a realization this year, very early on this year, that, you know, I do the things and, you know, I meditate and I and I, I do the stuff, but actually I very rarely sit and take time to contemplate and be with self which is important. And there's this other aspect that I was hearing when you were saying about the small intimate group of also having the experience of doing this work in a sisterhood. Um, And I wonder if you
1: could speak to that specifically. Absolutely. I agree with you. I have found, and sometimes I actually like get a little bit bored of my individual practice, yoga or meditations, and I have to really make myself show up. And what I have found is when I am in a group of women and there is this beautiful container that's been built within us and through us and around us and for us, there is such value in being witnessed and seeing other women own and claim and navigate their way through to that ownership of themselves. And it's amazing, you know, group experiences are wonderful because there's always somebody in the group who's a little bit further ahead of you on the path. And there's always someone in the group who's maybe a few steps behind you in the path and everybody serves everybody else. So if you are feeling stuck in one area thinking, yeah, I just cannot get past this place. You meet a woman who, you know, worked her way through it and she shares the journey. It's like, oh, There's an awareness that it can be done, and look, Mm -hmm. I can I can see what she did, and that doesn't necessarily mean that that is your exact path. But what it does do is it creates an opportunity inside your consciousness to say it's possible. So I am all for um, I want to say group learning, but it's really a group experience, and that's what we're creating here. And I normally don't open up my home. I've held other events at different places, but this thing that I'm running now called creation is so sacred to me because, well, just because I feel like this really gives us life Mm -hmm. and lets us actually see the life that is us. You know, you think of Michelangelo and David, he didn't carve David, David, he just moved the stuff that didn't need to be there. That's right. But emerge. And I feel like that's what this sacred space is going to do and allows uh, women to have for themselves. So I'm kicking out all the masculine energy. My husband and my (laughs) two boys are going away and it's just going to be a sacred feminine space for women to really find their true voice and find a way to really live a fully expressed life.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. And having, I mean, I'm, spending some some time on this partly because i i have major fomo and i really would love to do the next one i'm going to do the next one and also because i know that it's so deeply important and you know for those of you listening that for whatever reason you know can't make it out to santa monica to to monique's but you're thinking well how could i start to do this work for myself and exploring the deeper layers of self expression do that little exercise, you know, that Monique just mentioned and and see if you can start to excavate the deeper layers of what your desires are. You know, the last thing that I, I'd wanna talk about here, Monique, if we can if we can, is the important well, you actually you already mentioned it. It's the importance of sort of um, you mentioned being witnessed. Yeah. But also there's you and I did an exercise together. Um mm, yeah. and the the I call it the want exercise now and it was just answering a similar sentence stem and it was, you know, it was something like what, what I want or I, or just, I want fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I remember making the joke initially that I was, I was once to like I couldn't think of it. <laughs> right? right.
1: Yes. I like that. Yeah. And,
0: and just having you there on the other side, sort of holding space and kind of like, you weren't saying anything, but you were almost energetically like cajoling it out. Like, it's okay. Like, Okay, keep on. You were like midwifing the process for me. Yeah. It, it really had me, before I knew it, I think you wrote down like, I don't know, five pages of my wants. Pages of desire, yes. Right. And so that's what I wanted to drop in here is you know even if you're unable to rally a group, uh, a coven, as it were, <laughs> of yeah. women, and, and if, if, but find the one person, right? hmm Yeah. I wanted to add that in there because you really did me a service in that.
1: Thank you. And it was so Fun. That's the part that really um, was surprising to me. It was so fun to midwife or to witness you. And then when you witnessed me, that was so fun to actually just go into what do I want? Because so often we don't spend the time thinking about what we want or we think we know what we want and it's five things. You know, I want to have this, 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 this. But when you go deeper, oh my God, the things that come out are amazing. And there's, what I wanted was, some of it was surprising and revelatory to me. I didn't know I actually wanted that. And I wouldn't have known that if we hadn't taken the time to do that together.
0: Yeah. And give, you know, giving each other permission to just let it all hang out as it were. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I hope everyone listening has taken away some inspiration from the show. Like I said, we'll have all the links in the show notes, Monique, I want to thank you for jumping on last minute and and being on the show today and sharing your wisdom and your light. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if I can just
1: say, it wasn't last minute.
0: It It may seem
1: the works. (laughs) Yeah, no, not even that. It may seem like that, like if you look at it just with, you know, your human eyes, but I look at it as like, it was just divine planning. And so we can even take our hands off of it, off the steering wheel around this and just like. Oh, the universe said, great. Okay, this is the moment. This is the time. And so to me, it's not last minute. It's just perfect time. It's the minute. The minute. It's the minute. I love it. I
0: love that you (laughs) caught me on that. It is. It's true. Everything is divine timing. So thank you for the minute and this moment. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Giovanna. I appreciate being on. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone.